0: We have
1: Would you bow with me, please?
2: Father, thank you for this time together. We ask that we're closer drawn to you and each other. And that through this service we love each other deeper and we love you. Help us to be an example of what it means to be your follower. Forgive us when we fail, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: To prepare our minds for communion, we'll sing by Christ Redeemed. <clears throat> But...
1: On Passover night, Christ took of the Lord's Supper, took of the supper at that time to celebrate the death angel passing over those people that were in Egypt. But for us, what he instituted was the death angel passing over us because of our sins, and we avoid that first death, that spiritual death. We don't have any fear with the second death because the first death is gone. And he instituted this memorial to remember that because of the sacrifice he made, we can avoid that and we have the promise that we're gonna be with the Father because of his sacrifice. If you will pray with me. Dear Father, we take this memorial bread that remembers the sacrifice that you made, your body that you freely gave, it wasn't taken from you father that we could have fellowship with the father we could be heirs we could be his children father help us remember that that great sacrifice you made on our behalf in christ's name we pray amen Father, continuing, this fruit of the vine represents your blood, the blood that that flows freely, Father, that, that justifies us in your sight because of our faith, Father. The things that he did for us and the things that he did for you, Father, help us to remember that, that he knew about that from the beginning of creation, Father. And he still did it. He did it because he loves you and he loves us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
0: if you're able to sit and stand before Matt brings the lesson, let's sing Troublesome Times. Troublesome times are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedom we all hold dear, now is at stake. Humbling your heart to God, and thus chastening rot. Seek the way pilgrims trod, Christians away. Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. Many will meet their doom, prophets will sound. Troubles will soon be o'er Happy forevermore When we meet on that shore Free from all care Rising up in the sky Telling this world goodbye Homeward we then will fly Glory to share Jesus is come prompt will sign
3: Alright, so tonight we're going to do something a little bit different for me. I am not, I refuse to leave Ephesians 1 tonight. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to go through all of Ephesians chapter 1, and we're only going to look at Ephesians chapter 1. Keep in mind what we discussed two weeks ago. Uh, if you need to refresh on that, just to, just to keep that fresh in your mind, Acts 18 through 20, um, where we saw the close relationship between Paul and the elders at Ephesus, um, And just the the trouble that they talked about that they would see, um, being that the elders, that even some of the elders would end up becoming part of the problem that the church at Ephesus would deal with. Um, Not that that was a super emphasis, but that was one of the things that was discussed. Okay? So Ephesians chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. To the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. As we all know, Paul always starts with an official greeting. He's got all his grammar done and he's got, uh, you know, the, the address of his letter done in every single letter he ever wrote, he's official, he writes like an official, And that's what we got here. So he's explaining who he is. We know it's Paul who wrote the book because he titled it that himself. And we know who he wrote it to. All right, let's get into some meat here. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us, predestined us for adoption to himself, to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. So, in the first part here was what we were talking about this morning, right? That this plan to save save uh, mankind, to save humanity, uh, started actually long bef- long ago, even before the world was created. Even before time began, God had predestined us to be adopted sons of his. Now, why adopted? Why adopted? Because of our sin, right? It's not not he that separated himself from us, right? We remember the garden. Was God in the garden? Did God walk with man daily? Isn't that what the scripture says? So we're not illegitimate children. I want to be really careful with this. We're not illegitimate children. We're not children that cannot be reconciled, but we are adopted sons and daughters of God because of our sin. So if that is the case, then why did he choose us? Why did God choose us before the foundation of the world? Well, there's a bigger thing that's coming out in Ephesians 1 as we get through this scripture a little bit where you're going to see that God's plan is not only to restore us, but it's also to elevate his son. It's not just to restore us, it's also to elevate his son. Okay? And then third but... uh, Certainly not least, everything he did, he did in love. Right? So he loved us before we were created. He loved us after we were created. He loved us before we sin. He loved us after he sin. Right? And it's not just the fact that he loves us, but he loves all things. Yet again, one more thing we're going to discuss before the end of Ephesians 1 tonight. All things. He wants to restore all all things to him because he is love if you want to be like christ if you want to be like god if you want to be like the trinity if your goal is to be as much like god as possible there's only one word you need to concentrate on it's love right it's the attribute that god describes himself as right first john god is love right everything he does is in love just like we read this morning if you're if you want to be like Christ do all these things in love if you want to be a man of God do everything that you do in your life out of love and in the same way God is showing us that even before time began all right so verse 7 in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things to him, things in heaven and things on earth. So let's start at the beginning in Christ. We have redemption through his blood and we know this, right? We know that we don't need to spend too much time on this, but we know you cannot earn salvation. You are not good enough to earn salvation. You mess up one time. Are you perfect anymore? No, and what is God? God is perfect. So to be with him, to be in his realm, to be um, in his holiness, you had to be redeemed. And the only way to do that was through the perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ, which we also know the entire Old Testament was pointing to Abraham and Isaac, like we talked about this morning, that was pointing to, that was a foreshadow of the death of Jesus, right? He asked Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, but he never actually let him get to that point, right? But God himself did sacrifice his son for all of mankind. And the scriptures actually say that he delighted. It was, it was, He delighted in it. He didn't enjoy watching his son be punished. He didn't enjoy that thing. But he delighted in it because of what it was doing for us. right? And then, what is this idea of lavished? I was going to put a whole bunch of pictures up here, but I decided I'm, I'm just going to stay in the text tonight. I'm not going to do anything extra. What What's this idea of being lavished? So in West Virginia, we had a woman at our church. Her name was Betty Miller. She's in heaven now, probably watching this right now. She made the best red velvet cake. I didn't even know what red velvet cake was. I never had experienced red velvet cake until I went to West Virginia. She made the best red velvet cake. And when you talk about lavished. That's what I think about. I think about Miss Betty's red velvet cake. You know why? Because sometimes there was so much icing on the cake that it would literally just start to break the cake down. The weight of the icing would literally start to break the cake down. Okay, I don't know about you, but for me the more icing, the better. And that's it. There's not a spot that she missed. There wasn't a single spot where you would see through the icing and see the red velvet cake. But even more than that, it was stacked upon stacked upon stacked, right? There was never going to be a chance for you to see that blemish. There was never going to be a chance for you to see that spot. You see, and just in the same way, that's what God has done with grace on us. That's it. There's so much grace on you that God is never going to see your sin. He stacked it and stacked it and stacked it upon you. Okay? I mean, we can go through Romans 6 real quick for anybody who might be uncomfortable with that statement. And we can remind everybody that Paul said, yeah, grace is extremely important. Just don't take advantage of it, right? We all know that. It's lavished upon us. And this is it. And and, and this is the... Verse 9 is so... So important. Making known to us the mystery of His will. What's the mystery of His will? What's the mystery of God's will? According to His purpose which He set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, Here's the mystery of his will. To unite all things in him, things in heaven, and things on earth. Can you explain that to me? Do you know the depth of what that means? How far does it go? Where does it stop? I'm going to say something that some people are going to think is crazy. And that's okay. It won't be the first time. Certainly won't be the last. But I think God's love for His creation is so great that He actually wants to forgive all sin, He actually wants to forgive everything evil. He actually wants to restore his relationship with everything that's went astray. Everything. Okay? That means everything. We'll be real clear. Before Satan fell, he was close to God. That's what the scriptures say. Right? Now, I'm not somebody that's going to go ahead and tell you that everybody's going to heaven. It doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't matter what you do. That's not what I'm saying. Don't get it twisted. But I am telling you that I do believe that God's love for us and for the world and for all of his creation is so great that he really just wants to restore all things back to him. He wants to make his relationships with all things right again. He wants to redeem everything. Everything. Now, I'm not going to go against scripture, and I'm not going to tell you that Satan in the end is going to be saved, because that's not what the Bible says. But in the same way Satan rebelled before, Satan could rebel again. I don't know. I'm not going to make those types of assumptions, but I do believe that that is the mystery of the will of God. He wants to unite all things to him, things in heaven and things on earth. How could you want to get back with something that's done so much evil. I know Paul writes in other places that uh, we will judge angels. Read that before? So if you think I have no basis for what I'm saying, I'm telling you there's there's more, but I'm staying in Ephesians chapter 1. So in him, verse 11, we have attain, obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. I know I've just done some stuff on predestined not that long ago, so I'm just going to hit this really quick and just say, look, the idea of predestined just means that before time began, God set in motion a plan. OK, it doesn't mean that some people were chosen by God before they ever walked a day in this earth. And some people were chosen to be destructions and objects of wrath. Everybody else gets to make their own choice on that. You get to choose whether you live for God or be an object of wrath. OK, an object of destruction. That's your choice. You make those choices. I'm going to start all over real quick. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. That sounds like that scripture we read in Isaiah this morning. So that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance. Until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. Now, I'm gonna tell you something. This is an important scripture to a lot of people in the Christian faith. And here's why, because this is one of the favorite scriptures of people when they argue about is baptism right necessary or not? Okay? Because look, right here, right? It doesn't say anything about baptism. You see that? It doesn't say anything about baptism. And look, it says actually if you believe. Then you're sealed. And if you're sealed, it's with the Holy Spirit. And if you have the Holy Spirit, then you have a guarantee for your inheritance, right? I mean, that's how it reads, right? And this is how you, why you have to be careful and why you have to consider things in context and why I spent so much time two weeks ago going through Acts 18 through 20. Because what did we learn in Acts 18 through 20 that I have not told you yet to remind you? That Apollos came, remember? Remember? You remember that? And he was preaching in the synagogues and he was doing a great job telling everybody the historical facts about Jesus's life and how that pertained to the Old Testament. You remember, they, that's what the scripture says. But he had something confused. Remember what it was? Yeah, it was baptism, right? He was going around preaching John's baptism. Remember that? And Aquila and Priscilla were the ones who pulled him aside and said, no, no, no. No, 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 you need to understand baptism more thoroughly because uh, Jesus kind of changed that up. So if it was important in the historical account of Acts in the church of, of, of Ephesus, then please understand that it's still important just because it's not in this one verse. If you pick and you choose verses, this is why I like to bring verses in from other places. Okay? If you pick and you choose verses one at a time, like many people do when they're debating Scripture, and you don't consider the context of Scripture, you can be easily led astray. You can be easily led astray. Alright? So I just want to point that out. Now, we know Acts chapter 2 says, repent and be baptized, and you receive forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and that is the baptism of Jesus, which was taught to us by Peter, how about that? All right? And when you receive the Holy Spirit, then you've been sealed by God. And you've been guaranteed an inheritance. Well, that's a hard one, isn't it? Hold on, what are you what are you trying to say, Matt? I'm just saying what the scripture said. If you have the seal of the Holy Spirit, then you are in guaranteed an inheritance. I'm not saying you can't fall away. Hebrews discusses that. But to fall away is not to struggle with sin. To fall away is not to have, as we talked about this morning, a bad season in your life. That's not falling away. You don't fall away because you've done a specific set of sins or a specific type of sin. You fall away when you've tasted the goodness of God and you reject it in your life. That's the man who falls away in Hebrews. The one who's experienced what God has to offer and says, I don't, that's not good to me. I don't want that. It's the same thing that Satan did with him, with Job, right? What you do is this, and that's the only reason why people follow you, because you, these people, you give what you want, you protect them, nothing ever happens to them. You bless them, or they would never want to do what you want them to do. Have you considered my servant Job? So yes, I think Ephesians 1 does say if you have the Holy Spirit, you have a guarantee unless you reject it. Unless you reject what God has given you, the goodness that God has given you. For this reason, verse 15, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. Notice that word just keeps popping in. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Now, I want to stop there, but I can't, so I'm going to have to come back, okay, because it's not done. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the work of his great might? All right, so let's go back and let's break that down real quick. So first of all, he talks about the two things that Ephesus is known for at this point in time that is getting back to himself, right? And the first one is, is their faith? Right? Remember what we talked about this morning. Their faith is not just their conviction. It's not that just their belief, but it's leading them to actions. And the actions that they're doing are being talked about amongst the brothers in the church. That's what's happening. Okay? He's hearing of their faith, the actions that they're doing because of the Lord Jesus. Not just their conviction, not just their belief in the things unseen, but their actions. And then number two, everybody's talking about how much this church loves each other. That's the church that can change lives. People living out their faith and loving each other. Now let's get to the tougher part. That's just a simple reminder of how easy this thing really is. Although it's not always easy to love each other, is it? It's not always easy to live out your faith, is it? So, he says, May, uh, let me start over. That the God of our Lord Jesus, verse 17, Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened. Why? Why? That you may know what is the hope to which He has called you. Wouldn't it be awesome to fully know what to expect in the next life? Wouldn't it be awesome to truly know what heaven was gonna be like? Wouldn't it be awesome if you could actually describe to somebody the hope that we are all living for every day? Do you ever, because there is that uh, cloud, if you will, there's that mystery of not being able to truly define it? Do you think you ever struggle because of that? Do you think you ever struggle because sometimes you live in the moment because you're not really sure what your hope is? Wouldn't it be awesome to know? At the same time, we do have a wisdom. We do have a revelation. And the eyes of our hearts can be enlightened. Because we've tasted the goodness of God. Right? How many times in your life have you thought, how much different would the world look if there was no sin? How many times have you thought that? If everybody just did the right thing all the time, how much different would the world look? So you know what's missing. You just don't know what it looks like because you've never seen it. Right? In your own relationships, anybody got a perfect one? Anybody got a perfect relationship? Only with God. And it's not because I don't mess it up. Right? You know what's missing. You've just never experienced it yourself. It's hard to describe what it looks like because you've never seen it. You know what's missing. You know what's different. Right? But you've never seen it. Verse 19, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe? So there's a hope that's guaranteed by the people who are sealed with the Holy Spirit because of their belief in Jesus Christ and the plan that was predestined before time. That even though we are sinners, even though we struggle till the day we die, even though we never actually reach perfection, God loves us. And He's redeemed us. And He's guaranteed our hope. As long as we stay in Him. As long as we rest in Him. Just like we talked about this morning. Oh, I didn't read the last part and I need to. Okay, so we're going to go back to 19 and I'm going to read it again just real quick just because I don't want to leave anybody behind. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the work of his great might so that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. Now I want you to understand that part of this has become a very famous part of what a lot of Christian people are saying right now. And you've probably heard it before, right? The same power that rose Jesus from the grave is in us. See, that's the seal of the Holy Spirit. You see that? The same thing, the same power that rose Jesus from the grave is in us. That's why it's so important. That's why it's a guarantee. That's why... It's a seal. Alright? That's what he's saying right there. And And not only did he restore us, and not only did he raise Jesus from the dead, but he set Jesus far above all rule, and authority, and power, and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body. The fullness of him who fills all in all. Jesus is the name above all names. Jesus is the ruler of all. When Jesus said, all power and authority have been given to me, and they called him a blasphemer, this is what he's talking about. And then you realize In context of scripture. That that guy is also your advocate. He's your advocate. Right? He's your defense lawyer. When you go stand before the Lord. His father. He's going to be the one that defends you. You're not even going to have to speak for yourself. The one whose name is above every other name. The one who has authority and power and dominion above every name that is named. Not only now, but for all of eternity. So to finish with what I said earlier this morning in a different way. The church is full of lots of people we can look up to. Right, I've been doing it my whole life. I hope you are doing the same. Find those people that remind you of Jesus and figure out what they do and do it too. Right? Christ, I mean Paul himself said imitate me. Right? But at the end of the day, there's only one we should be following. There's only one we should be chasing. There's only one image, if you will. There's only one representation that is actually perfect, and that is Jesus Christ. Because here's the other truth. I've been in church long enough now to have some of my heroes fall. Some of the men who were closest to me when it came to who I am today. Are no longer in the church. Or no longer the type of person that I want to be. So when it comes to following Christ, man, it's so important that we have each other and it's so important that we have these examples, but at the end of the day, man, our faith is in Jesus Christ. That's what it is. The one who predestined us, the one who died for us, and the one who has been raised And given all authority above every name, not only now, but forever. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you been washed in his blood of the perfect sacrifice? To have your sins removed, we do that through baptism. If you have questions about baptism, we can go through that nice and slow and in context with Scripture. Once you have been baptized, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And Paul, in other letters, says you become a temple of the Lord. And because, that's because where the Holy Spirit dwells is the temple. And that Holy Spirit that you've been sealed with that guarantees you is now you. And you, you, are, you are now the temple that houses that. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And for those of us who have. Are we living in hope? Are we trusting in Jesus? And are we doing everything in our lives out of love? Because that's the example we should be following. That's the example of Christ. That's been the example of God since before time even began. Where are you at tonight? If you have a need to respond to the invitation, you can come. As together we stand and sing.
0: What
4: Matt, I have a few reminders before we close. Uh, there will be a work party next Saturday. That's March the 12th, beginning about 8 a.m. Uh, we'll be cleaning up the yard and the area around the building. If you can participate in that, please bring your lawn tools and join in the fun. Uh, refreshments will be provided. If you happen to see Chris's Facebook, uh, he did... Make some points about the fun and the party. And if you haven't seen it, I'd encourage you to look at it. Uh, we need someone to carry or to pick up bread this Wednesday from seven to nine a.m uh, for the food pantry. If you can do that, please see Sue shoemate. Please be praying for all those on your sick list. Uh, a couple additions. Gene Eggy. Is uh, in a lot of discomfort and having some difficulty swallowing. Uh, please keep him in your prayers. We also got word that Jeff Robinson, the preacher at Mary Camp Road in Ocala, is being treated for cancer, be, being transferred to Orlando where he'll begin chemo. So please keep him in your prayers as well. Thank you.
0: Now, before we're led in our closing prayer, let's stand and sing, Take the Name of Jesus with you. We'll be just singing the first verse. Take the name of Jesus
2: with you, child.
5: Let's go to our heavenly Father. Father, first we want to thank you for bringing us from a mighty long way. Father, we were separated from you. We, we cloud our mind with things of this world, pleasures of the flesh, Father, and you were back there someway, somewhere. But you, you sent your Son to show us what what you have for us, Father. He was the light of the world and still is the light of the world, Father. He was really that narrow road that points and carries us to you. Father, we thank you for him. Father, we ask you to continually bless us here at North Brevard to live a life for you and to share share vocally, share living the way we should live to this world, Father, because people are lost. People are trying to find which way to go. They're spinning around in circles, Father, but we know the answer is your son, Jesus Christ. Father, we ask that we point them in the right direction and pray for them. Father, thank you for the guarantee of our salvation the holy spirit we thank you for giving us that father father we pray that you heal our sick members and we think about Rita Smith we pray that that artificial bone is grafted on and she has no problem she don't lose a limb father we pray for Brenda Scott we pray father that we can continually encourage her and that you Heal her physically, mentally, psychologically, Father, as well as spiritually. Father, we continue to pray, pray for Missy Robinson, Father. I ask that you healed her. Father, we also pray for Gene Aggie, Father. We know he has had various problems. He's having a problem of swallowing. Now, Father, we ask that you heal him of that, Father. And Father, we ask that you encourage Nancy as she encouraged him. Father, also, I, I think about my brother. I, I, I miss him a lot. Calvin Noble, he, he has had some setbacks. He's been losing some, some blood. Father, please heal his body, Father. Please, please uh, make everything whole. Father, we also pray for the peace of this world. We pray, Father, that, that the peace is wrapped up in your Son, that men outside can see and they can, they can do the right thing. They can be righteous. Father, go with, with us throughout this week, Father. Father, we pray that you move us, move us to live righteous every day for Jesus. Pray this prayer in his name. Amen.